From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Maya Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WisPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hello, J.R. Happy summer. Hey, same to you. Thanks. So Milwaukee's City Council passed the 2% sales tax increase last week. They were allowed to do that as part of the legislature's shared revenue package on state aid to local governments. The money will be much needed, but with a lot of strings attached. The city council has vowed to take legal action. What does this really mean and what are the chances and really what are you watching for here? Well, one, you know, with the city of the lawsuit, if they file it first and two, What's the argument? Are they going to say it's unfair to single out Milwaukee with these kinds of restrictions? Will it talk about the home rule laws in Wisconsin about basically you should, be allowed to, you should be allowed to set your own policies, those kinds of things. So watch that. Um, two, you know, will they find ways around the restrictions that Republicans put in that shared revenue deal? Remember, like with the streetcar, it says you can't use, I think, taxes raised or levied, something like that for streetcar. Well, what about federal money? What about state aid? Could you use a different source of money to pay for those expenses? That's kind of a little bit of an unknown going forward. And then three, you know, what's the impact of the relationship with the state capital? Remember, Republicans still run the state legislature. Um, they're not happy about these lawsuits to them or the potential of the lawsuit. To them, the county executive and the mayor were part of negotiations on a package that produced a trade-off of those restrictions for this financial lifeline. So to them, this is kind of like a little bit of a poke in the eye. And some of them you talk to and they're feeling a little bit less likely to help Milwaukee down the road if there is a need for it after what they're seeing with the blowback over these restrictions. Well, the state sales tax is 5% with a 2% city increase now coming and possibly a raise from 0.4% to 0.9% from the county. The sales tax in the city of Milwaukee would then be 7.9%. For context, Chicago's tax is 10.25%. Do you have any idea who will be footing most of the bill on a tax like this? Well, remember, like the sales tax doesn't apply to groceries for the most part, right? Now, if you get soda or candy, that's an exception. Uh, medical devices, that's not taxed. Um, things like that. But, you know, you'll go out, buy a new shirt, those kinds of things. Yeah, it's gonna, you're going to feel a little bit, you know, a couple bucks for every $100 you spend. Um, the other thing is with the sales tax, you capture dollars from visitors. Milwaukee's obviously a place that tourists come, like Summerfest. Um, looking forward to next summer. It's a big deal to have this tax in place by January 1st of 2024 because it'll be a Republican National Convention during a week in, uh, I believe, August of 2024. So you're talking thousands of people coming to Milwaukee, spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So you can capture some revenue that way from people who are outside of the city. But yeah, if you're a city resident, you're going to feel a pinch now and then, depending on what you're buying. Do you think it makes sense for city residents potentially to start shopping in other areas? Possibly. I think that like with cars, isn't it? you pay the sales tax where you live. So you know, I'm not sure how much of a, a break you're going to get in that regard. So, but yeah, you, you might, it might hurt some retailers. And obviously that's a concern. I mean, you saw that in the, the debate before the Common Council with some people saying, look, you know, retailers in Milwaukee are going to be hurt by this. They're going to lose some business. This is putting it on the backs of people who can't really afford it. So, uh, but, you know, again, Milwaukee needs this financial lifeline. There is not another good option for the Milwaukee, Milwaukee City or Milwaukee County 
to fix his pension problem. And without this sales tax, they are looking at massive, massive cuts in services and massive layoffs to staff. All right. Well, Chuck Wormbach filled in for me on the last Capital Notes. Thank you. Shout out to Chuck. And you and he talked about the budget and Evers' potential vetoes that were potential at the time. Evers ended up making 51 partial vetoes. There's always this push and pull between Democrats and Republicans on taxes. Evers said he wanted just middle class tax cuts. He vetoed some of the GOP income tax cuts on the highest earners. What's really going on with middle class tax cuts in Wisconsin? And how does the 2023-2025 budget actually affect your average middle or lower class earner? So the governor vetoed two changes to the tax brackets, out of the four that we have. The top one, um, he want, Republicans want to take it from 7.65% down to 65 That kicks in for married joint filers with incomes of about $405,000. So really, you know, the highest earners in Wisconsin, governor said that is geared toward the wealthy. Republicans had argued that this was a, a needed reduction to make us more competitive because a lot of businesses file their taxes through their individual income tax. There are pass-throughs or limited liable corporations, S-corps, those kinds of filings that really the, the income of the business is reported on the uh, owner's uh, personal income taxes. The second bracket is a really expansive one. It goes from about $36,000 in income for married joint files up to that 405000 mark. That's a lot of middle-class people in that bracket. Evers vetoed that as well. Uh, there was a kind of a thought that he would sign that one, so that was a little bit of a surprise. The question kind of is what happens going forward. And the size of the tax cut, I mean, if you're talking the, the person who is uh, in the median income for Wisconsin between sixteen and $70,000, you're talking with the Republican plan, you'd see like 250 bucks. The What's left after the governor's veto is like less than 50. So it's still, you know, a big difference in the two plans, but not a huge amount of money split over, you know, 26 paychecks, right, over the course of the year. The question going forward is, one, will Republicans send Evers a new tax package? And two, will they try to reach a deal on one with the governor before just sending him stuff he's going to veto? I mean, I've already seen Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, say, hey, they're going to repass this tax cut. They're going to send it back to Evers and make the point that Democrats own the rejection of this uh, tax reduction. Well, Evers has said, hey, if you send it back to me, I'll just veto it again. And I don't get the impression there's much pressure on Democrats and legislature to override the governor's veto. You know, they're they're okay with that, you know, with what the governor's done. You're tuned into Capital Notes on WUWM. This is Mayan Silver. I'm speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WizPolitics.com. They could do other things. For example, you could raise the standard deduction on your taxes. That would impact everybody, though. So would Evers be okay with that? Because high earners would also get a break. You could address the marriage penalty. You could do a rebate like what Evers did. Now, what Evers did with his proposal was a, a phase out. If you're between, if you're a married couple filing jointly to like around 150 grand and 175 grand for your income, that's where it phases out and goes away. For Republicans, they want a higher um, impact for more earners because they're arguing that, look, this is also, again, back to the business thing, that there's more of an impact for people who are in business if you go higher on the, the cap. So I'm really watching if they do a different package. And then again, can they reach an agreement with the Evers? Uh, Robin Voss accused the governor of lying to uh, Republicans in the process. That's not really a way to build a bridge. And Evers may have burned a bridge with his veto. We shall see. But after a very contentious, very busy month of June, people, you know, talking to folks in the Capitol, everything's a break. 
you know, everybody scatter, get out of Madison, go back home, take a couple months away from each other, then reconvene the fall. Well, tempers have cooled by then that they can actually talk about maybe getting something done as a deal because it's easy to see. If you gave Evers, for example, uh, some money for child care subsidies, which was one of those big issues in this budget, which they did not do, um, if you give them that, will you sign your tax cut? Maybe. You know, that's the kind of thing you have to work a deal out to do that. I'm not sure there's a, the grounds right now to strike a deal after what's happened in the last few weeks. What about for people who say that tax cuts are not really the answer to boost people that are in the lower income brackets? There's other safety nets and things that need to be supported in that situation. No, that's, that's when we, we have a $4 billion pot of money sitting on right now that could go towards some of those programs. So if the governor and Republicans don't reach an agreement in spending that money, if we don't have a recession that really taps the state's revenues, we're projected to finish this by with a $4 billion surplus. Now, add in revenue growth for 2025-27, and we're right back where we were this past spring, having a discussion about, okay, we've got a huge pot of money. How do we spend it? Do we put it toward tax cuts or education? You know, looking at the governor's perspective, you know, he, people don't expect him to seek re-election in 2026. He could. You know, it's possible, but they think that this is going to be his last term. That budget in 2025 would be his legacy budget, right? He could try and go for broke and try and put a bunch of money into education or his pet projects. If it's still laying there at the end of this two-year period, oh, by the way, we expect some kind of challenge to the legislative maps be filed sometime after August 1st when Janet Prosevich takes office. Um, if there are new maps, could you maybe flip the state Senate, for example, to Democrats? If you did, then now you're talking Evers and the state Senate be on one side versus the assembly on the other, just as an example, versus this past discussion, which was a unified legislature against Evers. So maybe if that money's still there, Evers say, hey, I'll take my chances in 2024 with how the maps turn out and make a go at it then and try and really do what I want to do with this money in terms of education. Thanks for filling us in on all things government, JR. And thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. Take care. That was J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com, speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments every other Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.